0: Now let's get into this week's show. Welcome to the How to Hunt Deer podcast, which is brought to you by Tacticam. This podcast aims to educate those who are interested in becoming deer hunters, brushing up on the central skills, or maybe just adding a few new tactics to the toolkit. We cover a variety of topics that are going to help you be more confident and successful in the field while you're hunting deer. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the How to Hunt Deer podcast. Got my buddy, Mr. Pierce Nellis on the line. Pierce, this is probably one of the weirdest podcasts we've ever done. I
1: would agree. I'm kind of looking forward to it, though. (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, I am too, man. So it it is November 1st. So this episode will launch on November 2nd. And you are somewhere driving to your spot. I am in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, driving to Wisconsin. It is uh, it it's now five o'clock in the morning. I've been driving through the night. Took a little uh, two hour nap or so to try to get my get my bearings. Try to not fall asleep behind the wheel. And I've got about uh, seven hours left to go um, and drive. Oh, God. Yeah, it's I've I've got a long way, man. I'm gonna hit. Illinois here in a minute and that's going to be the worst part of the drive just because gosh I hate driving I even through Illinois worse for you
1: now, what's that? I feel even worse for you now
0: yeah man I hate driving through Illinois it just takes so long so long like,
1: Illinois, Illinois and Nebraska are the two states that everybody loves to bitch about driving through
0: right right well I, I do not enjoy driving through Illinois but Hey, Pierce, man, we we were going to, or we wanted to kick off November right, and it seems like both of us being on the line talking about what we're going to be doing here in the next couple of days. Uh, both of us are going to be getting out today and hopefully getting eyes on some deer. So, uh, what's your setup for the morning, man? You're 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 hunting this morning. I'm I'm not going to get to hunt until the afternoon.
1: Yep. Yep, I'm uh, I'm I'm hunting the old perfect five um, today, and if necessary, maybe tomorrow. Um, I've been waiting on a on a south wind for pretty much the duration of this old cold front that's rolled through the Midwest, and I finally got it, and just so happens to be that the uh, buck I'm after loves the south wind, so I'm I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, going into today's plan,
0: man. This is—is is this the first south wind after a series of north winds?
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we had a the last south wind we had was six or seven days ago. Now, all right. Um, so it's, you know, we're due.
0: Yeah, man. I I've heard, you know, some of the guys in the industry, like the drurys and whatnot, those folks who really have a bead on their deer herd locally um, talk about the value of, you know, the first South wind after a bunch of North or the, the first North wind after a long time of South and how that seems to get deer, uh, up on their feet, seems to get them a little bit active. So man, I, I think, uh, I think you're going to have a good hunt this morning.
1: I'm hoping so, man. Yeah. And that's what you just said. There's a hundred percent reflective of what I've seen as well. I mean, we've, we've seen massive upticks in buck activity. Um, you know, we were talking with Sam Billhorn a couple of, uh, weeks ago too. you know on the Wisconsin Sports Podcast there with uh, you know, just how when you have stable weather temperatures or you know consecutive days with you know highs and lows you know within a handful of degrees, it's changed everything. And that when it's gone from south to north and vice versa, for sure.
0: Right. Right, Well, man, uh, I know I know where you're going to be hunting. So you're on the perfect five, but what's the setup? What's it going to look like? And what are you hoping to, to key in on? And we've talked a lot about it on the Wisconsin Sportsman here recently. So folks, if you want to, to learn a little bit more about the perfect five uh, or maybe how Pierce is approaching it or the deer that he's after on it, uh, head over to the Wisconsin Sportsman podcast, check out the last couple of episodes. But uh, man, what's the setup?
1: Uh, today I'm, I'm going to be hunting the, uh, the glorious ridge top uh, that's kind of been my, my front hot spot for the past maybe years coincides with uh, south east corner I guess of our property. and it's not big, but it is, uh, it is productive especially on the south wind where bucks are kind of running our ridge line, they're cutting through that bit of our property, um, you know, basically just looking for that doe bedding, and they'll, they'll cut through a check doe bedding that's down the ridge for us and all that. So I'm thinking this morning I'm going to be up there until probably mid-afternoon, and then I'm going to switch gears and I'm going to drop down uh, to the other side of the property about, you know, Two hundred fifty yards away, and uh, set up down in the creek bottom and see if I can catch something cruising like I did last year.
0: Yeah, and you've you've killed a a decent number of good bucks on that ridge, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I the, uh, yeah, four out of the last five years has been a gun buck um, up there, but. Yeah, it's a uh, it's productive little ridge for for five acres. And that's why we call it the perfect five. Cause it's got just about everything you could want in that ridge top, the creek bottom on the other side, uh, kind of some open meadowy stretches, and it, it's right at the mouth of a, you know, maybe, 180 yards wide uh, a little hollow that deer love to travel through between ridges.
0: Right, right, and. I've, uh, I've joked with you in the past, but you've got a, about a hundred yard hike this morning. And so yep. it's, it's not it's only, strenuous. what's that?
1: It's strenuous.
0: Yeah, man. I, it, you know what? It is a little <laughs> steep. It's a little steep, you know, I'll be honest with you. But um, it's, it really sets up nice, man. You're not disturbing too much of the property. And, you know, it's one of those spots that I feel like you get in there on the right wind. And you can get away with quite a few hunts in there before you uh, before you begin to mess with the quality of the hunting.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and it's even you know, the kind of thing that even pretty much any wind except for a north wind, you can kind of set up to make something happen. Now, obviously, that south wind, you know, it's it prime it can be blowing right off the ridge for me, and uh, so I don't have to worry about it too much. But even on a you know, a westerly wind or, you know, kind of a, an easterly wind. Um, you know, you can, especially with a saddle or a climbing stand, you can kind of pop around, you know, within 70 yards or so. Um, so, you know, a couple of different trees, that you can set up to be kind of in the right spot. You know, it's nothing, nothing bulletproof um, on those uh, east or west winds, but you, know, you can still get by get shots of deer before they hit your back on make it happen there
0: right and you've got doe bedding not too far from where you're going to be so uh, man downwind of doe bedding on November 1st that's a dream
1: yep it's uh, I don't know man I'm just feeling good we were texting last night I'm, I'm just absolutely jacked up right now it's getting the woods and uh, see some activity today hopefully going to crack at that buck
0: yeah, for sure. So, uh, man, a little bit about my setup. I am—I alluded to it the other day. My, the cameras have kind of gone a little bit dead. Um, I'm starting to pick up some small bucks cruising, which is a good sign. Uh, I think the big boys will be behind them a little bit. But I'm going to cover some new territory today. I'm going to get out to a spot that's way back in a marsh. And I don't know how truly in the game I'll be. I do know that I'll be downwind of known doe bedding, so that's good. I don't know that I'll necessarily be in shooting range of where the bucks will cruise, Um, but it's the first day of a 12-day hunt, and so I'm really just in there to gather intel this afternoon. Um, You know, it's a a hunt after a long drive through the night. I don't want to push it too hard. I don't think I'm going to be... You know, 100% on my A game, you know, just being tired and all that. Um, yep. But it's really an intel mission, you know, to try to see, okay, where am I seeing deer? Or am I seeing deer at all? And if I'm not seeing deer, I know where I'm going to dive in and push in a little further um, as we get more and more into the rut. But, man, we've got several days of a south wind. So I I know that if I see something this afternoon, I'll have time to capitalize on it in the next couple of days. Um, yeah. just because the conditions are going to hold pretty steady, but man, one of the things I wanted to talk about this morning, heading into this hunt is the value of having multiple days to hunt. One of the biggest challenges, I think for those who hunt, you know, they the weekend warrior guy or the guy who maybe gets a Saturday morning every once in a while, and maybe even a Sunday, you get out there and you see something or you scout around and you find good stuff. And you're trying to get yourself in the right position to kill a deer, right? So you go back out there the next weekend, and you hunt based off of what you saw the week before. Now, it may be sign you found the week before. It may be you moved because of sightings you had the week before. But the reality is, you're a week too late almost at that point. Um, Right. Depending on what kind of intel you were able to get. Now, it doesn't mean you can't kill a deer doing that. But what I've found over the last couple of years is that when I can string together a solid number of days, number one, I learned so much more um, just because of being out there and, and getting reps in. But number two, man, I can, I can build on the knowledge day after day after day. And if I have four five days, six days, I'm really confident that I'm going to have myself in the game by about day three. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be I'm going to yeah. be where I need to be by about day day 3 or so. And it's a lot of the reason that I have sort of structured things the way that I do now where man, this is my first sit of the year. It's November 1st. Like this will be my very first true sit of the year. And uh I do that so that I can have a huge chunk of time to hunt, you know, right here in the middle. I've got 2 weeks roughly um to try to get things done. So what are your thoughts, man, on that um, on that whole idea of you know multiple days to hone in on a single spot?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you, man. And I think especially when you're hunting on public, that it's critical. I mean, private as well, but you know, public especially, just being able to kind of you know, have that have that amount of room that you can you can figure out. Okay, I need to be in this tree and not this tree. And you can kind of see, okay, well, last night I saw an i in this, and, you know, here's how the conditions change and stuff like that. You can, you're just so much more adaptable when you're able to put fresh intel or intel into, you know, a hunt the next morning, right? Um, I think you're absolutely on it there. I think, you know, th- there might be, you know, a couple of private guys who are, you uh, maybe rolling their eyes right now about how, you know, I know exactly how my, my property hunts and I, I know that it's, um, you, you know, I've got I've got this on camera. This is how they move every single year. I know that this is what they're gonna be doing and all that and I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna, and, and, you know, yeah, like I'm sure they're, if those guys will probably have punch tags, you know, hopefully. Um, but at the same time, you're, you're so, I think you're gonna get it done so much quicker If you're taking all that fresh information and putting it to you, you know, in consecutive days, you can really piece the puzzle together. You can kind of throw that net out, slowly tighten it up, um, you know, as you you learn more and more. I'm, I'm right there with you, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I think you're spot on with that, too, when it comes to, you know, certain farms. Like your Perfect Five, for instance. I don't think you need, I don't think you need five days on that property pierce you know you know how you do know how the deer use that property and you know that other people aren't out there right like you know you're the only person hunting it well when i am out on public or when you're out on public you know it's not just deer that we're taking into account it's the hunting pressure when i'm in a spot for five days well now all of a sudden i've seen the guys who who roll through on a random tuesday afternoon or the guys who are there on Thursday morning or Saturday morning. Like I can kind of see all of that and begin to take a lot of that into account so that I can figure out, you know, what's going on, because that's having a pretty big influence on, on the deer, um, and how they're moving. Obviously another, another kind of key point on that is like, we're kind of waiting for things to bust loose right now. Um, Uh we are, you know, watching deer, Um, you're starting to get a decent amount of daytime activity. I would say I'm not having any real daytime activity on my cameras yet. They're starting to heat up at night. So I'm thinking it's just a matter of time, but you know, totally honest when it comes to the rut, man, when a hot dough pops off in an area, that area is hot for a day or two you know, and, and being able to be there when that time comes. I mean, if you've got, if you're hunting Sunday, you know, it's the last day of your weekend, you're hunting Sunday and you see a hot doe, well, nothing you can do about it next Saturday. Right. You know, or if you're, you know, if you're out there Saturday, Sunday, you're like, man, there's no rutting activity. Well, it may just so happen that that spot turns on Thursday and Friday and you don't get back out there till Saturday. And you're like, man, no, no rutting activity this weekend either. You know, you're just not in the yeah. game. And so it makes it a lot easier, I think, to find where it's happening. And that's, you know, a big part of my rut strategy after, you know, speaking with Ryan Glitsky especially, and talking to others like him. Uh, you know, we had him on the, the Wisconsin Sportsman not too long ago. And uh, one of his big things is, is being in the right place at the right time when it comes to hunting the rut. And yeah. it's really, really hard to do that. If you don't have a concentration of days um, you know set aside where you can where you can i guess pull it off and get it done so um Pierce, I want to hear some bold predictions, man. I want to know what you got rocking because um you've got a good buck that you're after, and he's on a good what I would consider a pre rut pattern, meaning that uh-huh when the wind is doing what you need that wind to do, um, he's showing up on camera. He's in there. So, you know, tell me, tell give me some bold predictions for your next couple of days. Are you, are you hunting multiple days or is it today? And then wait a few,
1: I'm thinking today, maybe tomorrow. Um, I might flip back out over the weekend. Um, maybe if, you know, I got some marginal wind that, um, that spot, so I might hunt, me, hunt the public uh, over the weekend if, if necessary, um, or come hunt with you. Who you knows? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm you know, last night, if you would have asked me this, I would have said, I feel awesome, I'm feeling really good. It's gonna happen. Um, I'm trying to moderate my expectations. Um, and just focus on doing everything right, and it becomes by just continuing to do things right. You know, I'm trying to trying to do everything right on my end, so that whether or not or whether he walks by or not, it is it is totally up to chance, and it's not it's not going to be. He didn't walk by because I was irresponsible with my win. He didn't walk by because I was moving around in the tree, or you know, making a bunch of noise, whatever it is. Um, so that's kind of the the mindset that I've been kind of falling into, um, really for the last you know twenty four to forty eight hours or so, uh, prepping for this hunt, just getting the gear ready and tightening the screws on the on the bow and stuff like that. That so everything's silent, there's no rattle, there's no anything. Um, I'm, I'm feeling good though, man. I really am. I'm I'm jacked up get in the sand and and just see some rotten activity um it seems like there's been a little bit of uh and now granted this is only from from cell camp info so who knows it might be whole crap but um we got some snow yesterday that stuck around Temps are still dropping it's let's see 21 degrees right now um on the way down there, and I think it's supposed to get down into the teens, um, you know, in an hour or two this morning. And so I, I'm not sure how much, um, I guess I'm not sure how well the deer are really responding to that much of a temp drop. Because it seems like when it was, you know, getting into the 30s at night and then, you know, your daytime high was like, you know, mid to upper 40s. Those deer were running like crazy. They were super comfortable. And then we got this, you know, additional dip and you know, the precipitation yesterday, and it seems like that thing kind of dried up a little bit. Maybe, I don't know, if they were, you know, those were more focused on food because it was colder or what exactly was going on. I can't imagine that the bucks were, were still in that rut mindset. But, uh, I don't know. So I'm, I'm uh, one of those moments I, I almost wish I didn't have the camera out there because, uh influencing <laughs> my uh, my prediction kind of you know you hit that that panic button no matter how hard you try not to just a little bit you're like ah where'd they go what's going on yeah um, yeah so I'm trying not to do that you know, like I said just focus on doing everything right being in the right spot um you know swung a few arrows yesterday shooting really really good group so I'm feeling good about that and uh you know, we'll
0: have to see, man. How about you man i um I have pretty high confidence that I'll be able to get eyes on something this afternoon um mm-hmm. i I don't know man i my goal for this afternoon though is kind of like what you said just just get in there and do things right um a lot of it honestly is just knocking the rust off for the year. Because yeah. uh, and that's you know, that's that goes into my decision to do an observation sit rather than just go scout. So like I will probably end up busting through part of this marsh to do kind of a speed scout tomorrow. Um but I wanna observe it first, you know, one to see if I can make a more informed, you know, blowing up of the marsh when I do go scout. But number two, yeah. I feel like I need to I need to get into a tree. Um I need to get out there, get back in tune with, you know, being in a hunting situation. Get my mind off of all the busyness of work and everything like that, and just really kind of recalibrate. You know what I mean? Like recalibrate my, my, uh, my instincts, kind of, and make sure that yeah. I'm that I'm on point. But uh, I think I'm gonna see some deer. I think there's a good. I think there's a really good chance and I don't want to just be blindly confident but I think there's a good chance I get eyes on a good one. Um,
1: I'm right there with you.
0: Just because of what I what I can see from where I'll be this afternoon. Like I've got really high hopes. Now, it could be totally blown up because um, you know, unlike some of my other spots, this is a spot you would go to on a map because your eye is just drawn to it. It's a really secluded spot. So if anybody looks at this piece of public and is like, all right, where are other hunters not going? Like, this is it. Like this is the yep. one because it's the most work to, to get in there. But, um, anyway, yeah, I, I think. Well, your, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, and to your point too on,
1: uh, you know, you just gathering that intel of, you know, seeing, where the deer are moving, you know, where they're you know, getting up from. Is anybody bedded out in uh, the more marshy area? Uh, they're gonna stand up, you know, close to the dark and stuff like that. But like we were talking about the other day, you know, just being able to take inventory on, okay, where did the headlamps turn on while you're right. out there from that point. I mean, you've got pretty good view of, you know, a lot of that property and uh, you know, being able to kind of pinpoint Show, all right a
0: so guy in here
1: guy in there and uh, went over that way so yeah yeah now I know now I know exactly
0: that'll be a really good part of that is being able to yeah. to pick it up because you're right I am going to be able to see kind of the wood line all the way around the marsh um, yep. and that will you know that's where a lot of these guys are gonna be hunting they're gonna be on the edge and I will be kind of out in the middle of it so yep. it'll be a pain. I'm, I'm hoping the marsh is a little drier uh, like some of the other areas because um, I've been in this area before for scouting, and it's a spot where you can get real wet real fast. And yep. I would rather not get real wet today. But um, I'm hoping the drought conditions we had this year
1: uh, here in Wisconsin, I'm hoping that it should be, it should be easy hiking for you.
0: I would yeah, I, I hope so. I've got the, I'll have the hey, the waiters with me either way. So if I get in there and sure. um, I need it, I can get out. But um, the tricky part with this spot is, uh, and I've, I've run into this in here before is you get back in there and next thing you know, you're surrounded by water. And if you don't have your tracker oh. on, on on X, it's like, okay, how do I get out of here without going through sure. waist deep water? You know? Um, yeah. So it can get real sketch. Uh, so that, you know, the waiters will go with me pretty much until I determine that there's not enough water in there to, to soak me up to my waist, but um, right. Right. another, another, the, what's that? Oh,
1: Especially with this cold.
0: I yeah. Catch real bad. Yeah, dude, I, I need zero trips to the hospital for this, uh, for this trip. <laughs> like zero. So. Uh, man, another another topic I wanted to get your, uh, get your take on is it's something we've alluded to in other episodes. We kind of had this thing rocking for a little while this year where neither one of us were doing a lot with trail cameras this year, uh, just because of busyness and one thing or another. And we were both just blissfully ignorant of what was going on and we're very, very confident. (laughs) I guess you could say before we, uh, before we had the cameras out. So, Um, has that been smashed for you yet or how, I mean, are you still feeling that kind of like, you know, anything could still happen?
1: I'm definitely of that mindset. I, I'm, you know, it is, it's the first week of November, right? I I think it's across the board just about anything can happen. Um, You know, like I said, you know, you get certain days where the camera's exploding and you're getting, you know, your phone's blowing up, uh, you know, every 25 minutes. And then you got the next day after that, where it's totally quiet. You're like, okay, what changed? Like, all of a sudden, like, is there a hot dough in there that just drug every bucket, you know, quarter mile off to the next ridge or you know, what happened here? Like, am I, am I having a bad spot on a different trail that's 40 yards down the hill from where I'm at? Or are they, you know, scurrying the camera uphill? Like, what's, what's going on? Um, you know, in, in years past, I've, I've definitely let that kind of dictate my confidence going in and out of uh, a property. And I, I'm thinking this year, you know, I'm, just, I am, uh, I'm very much of the mindset that anything can happen and I'm uh, feeling good that it will happen. Uh, you know, again, just focus on what can I control and uh, doing everything right on my end. So that's, you know, the camera's blowing up or if there's a target buck, you know, just out of view of the camera, but he's 12 yards from my tree, you know, much rather have that, right?
0: Hey guys, just want to take a quick minute to let you know that the How to Hunt Deer podcast is brought to you by Tacticam, makers of the best point-of-view cameras on the market for hunters and anglers. They're on the cutting edge making user-friendly cameras to help the everyday outdoorsman share your hunt with friends and loved ones. Their new 6.0 camera has a ton of upgraded features this year, but the one I'm most excited about is the new LCD touchscreen. In my mind, that's a total game changer. And one area Tacticam really shines is with their mounts and adapters that are made with the sportsman in mind. If you've tried to film your hunting and fishing excursions in the past, you know how frustrating it can be to get an action camera aimed just right or get it attached to your weapon or in a good spot for a second angle. Well, Tacticam makes all of that a breeze with their line of accessories. This fall, I'll be using their stabilizer mount on my bow with a 6.0 camera and their bendy clamp paired with a 5.0 wide camera for a second angle and to make sure I don't miss any of the action. To learn more and check out their full line of products, head over to their website, tacticam.com. Share your hunt with Tacticam. Is this at all this year and kind of how you've approached things, is this making you consider taking a year where you don't really do much with cameras?
1: Yep, 100%. Yeah, that's, that's weird that you just asked me that because I was thinking that this morning. I was like, this, this, this questioning the whole thing I was like alright you know how much per month to have a cell cam running out there like yeah it's nice to take inventory of what's going on but at the same time and you know this year I I will say it's been really nice having that cell cam up there because I've, I've totally stayed off that ridge. Um and so there, there's definitely that benefit to it um, and you know I do have good intel on, on this other bus because you know if there's the target bucket line, uh, and just, you know, figuring out, okay, he like this wind direction or he's shown up on camera on this wind direction. Um, he's showing up every, you know, I think it was like a six day gap and a five day gap, but I'm hoping, uh, today's going to be that three day gap. Be sure there shows back up, but, um, yeah, I, I have enjoyed that just from the, the Intel gathering standpoint, but as far as it you know, my reliance on like, okay, like the fuck is or isn't it here, and it's going to dictate how exactly I hunt. Um, now, if he never showed up on that camera, I'd probably be saying something different. But uh, just such a double-edged sword, man. <laughs> right. Uh, I I'd, I'll probably run it again next year in the same spot, but that, that may very well only be be the only camera that I've got out there.
0: Right. And you know, I think too. Uh, one of the big things that I run cameras for is to know what kinds of deer are in an area. You know, so yeah. I I kind of have an idea of what I'm gonna hold out for or not. Um, and it's not off. In fact, I can't remember the last deer that I killed in a spot where I had a camera. You right. know, usually I'm killing a hundred yards, two hundred yards away from any cameras. The cameras just kind of give me a starting point, I feel like. Um, But, you know, it's interesting this year, I don't really have a lot of good ones on camera. Right. Um, Not yet. Not yet. Exactly. Not yet. Um, Although I just checked my, as we're sitting here talking, which I shouldn't be, I just checked my camera, and that little ditch crossing is is turning on, man. It went from... It went from no deer using the ditch crossing to now several deer a day, including a decent two-year-old buck last night. And uh, there's deer going through there right now, like as we're on the phone. Oh, thanks. so yeah, it's, it's getting closer to daylight. The bucks are getting a little bit older, and I'm getting a good concentration of bucks, which is which is something that I like. I'm, you know, I've never been the type to say. Uh, well, the only bucks that are cruising through there are the are the little ones. Therefore, I'm not in the right spot. I I heard or I, when I was talking actually with Tony Peterson once, he was like, "Hey, when you see little bucks use an area in a certain way, if you see consistency there, they're telling you what the rest of the deer herd is going to do." And right. um, you know, and I keyed in on that last year and capitalized on it, and so I'm kind of doing the same thing this year with this ditch crossing. I'm like, okay. I still have some confidence because those little bucks are using that ditch crossing like they did last year, you know, and I can kind of watch them go up and over that little air, that little berm area. And so I've got some pretty good confidence that eventually once we get the big boys on their feet in daylight, I think they're going to be using that as well. I think they're probably just not out uh, cruising in the same way that the little guys are just yet. But once they are, they're going to be crossing through there.
1: right. Right, and you said, dude, this property—you know—it it tends to be a, you know, about a week later um, than a lot of other areas for that mature bucket to switch on. Right. Um, I think, I think we're seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> it's even like you're right when you're just about to panic, you get that little sense of relief there, or something nice shows up. Okay, thank God. Yep, we're okay.
0: <laughs> yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Which, and like you
1: said, too, it, it's a rough spot. You know, it is a, it is not, it's not tight to bedding. It's not, you know, on a food store. It is a travel corridor. Right. And it's a, you know, they're not hanging out in the spot.
0: Right. And it's, it's specifically a travel corridor between dough bedding areas. Yep. And so, and honestly, it's kind of set up back away from any food sources. And so the does aren't going to be heading that direction. The does are going to be headed from their bed out to the food and back again, never crossing through this little crossing that we're talking about, right? Um, right? They have no reason to. The only thing that has a reason to cross through there with any kind of real consistency is is bucks. And that's what I saw in this place last year on this crossing, and that's what I'm starting to see now in the camera. And so – I, uh, I, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's just a rut spot and that's, you know, that's just what it's always going to be. Um, yeah. unless something significant changes.
1: Right. And, you know, it's like, as long as those bucks know where that spot's at, they continue to use it. I mean, we were talking last night too about, you know, different, uh, you know, spots that steer across the creek and stuff like that. Um, uh, not on your property or anything like that, but, uh, you know, just, this other creek and stuff we're chatting about um, where this did with that drought we're experiencing you know much much lower water levels and you know regardless of whether that creek is you know up three feet or down three feet the deer still like the, the shallowest point of that creek remain the same deer still know where that crossing point is going to be um they know
0: they, they know how to use it. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely man. Absolutely and it's yeah, not a lot of incentive to um what I'm just thinking about with this specific spot. Not a lot of incentive to 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 change that up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's there's nothing there's no there are no other influencers that would say, "Okay, now they're just going to abandon that and go do something else." But um <laughs> Pierce man, are you going to be doing any calling today? You're you're downwind of doe bedding. I think your big boy is going to be running that ridge this morning. Are you going yep. to call any or are you just going to be silent?
1: My plan going in is to be silent. Like unless I see some bucks that are you know, really bristled up and you know looking for a fight, and looking for, you know, if I see one dominant buck uh, you're running off a, a younger buck. Um, I, I might throw a front at him or something like that just to see if I can throw him off. But if he's already heading my way, I am dipping it. Uh, I think hindered the punt uh, in the past just you know, getting a little too aggressive and calling and stuff like that where you know, trying to call to the deer who's already coming to you and then they're like, well, wait a minute, there's something I should be aware of over here. Like, well, what do I need to look out for right now? Um, I think it puts them on alert. So if I can help it, I'm staying quiet.
0: Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense, man. And I'll I'll say that's one of the things that I'm excited to try this year that I don't normally do is doing a little bit of rattling. Um, sure. I have a legit set of rattling antlers with me this year, and I'm excited for this spot where I'm going to be this afternoon If I can get eyes on a buck, I mean, I can see a long way. So the odds of me being able to see him, call to him, watch his response, and then make a, you know, either call to him again, you know, if he responds positively or maybe, you know, whatever, to adjust based on his body language, I'm pretty excited because I don't normally hunt in places where I can get eyes on a buck and then call to him. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped to see how that game plays out, man.
1: Yeah. yeah, I was just going to say, like, you don't, you don't hunt in many places where you can see quite a, you know, more than, what, like 80 yards max?
0: Oh, that would be a long way. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll be curious to hear how, how you like uh, setting up in a more open area where you can, I mean, obviously, like you said, it's going to be more, more of an observation uh, that's... Uh, an actual Get in there tight, try and let narrow fly, uh kind of fit. But um, one thing I'm wondering though, what's it going to take for you to see tonight? you to go back in there in the morning? Like, what's gonna? Are you gonna you know, say you see a buck get out of an area? Uh, are you going right in there tomorrow morning? Are you going to get aggressive right off the bat? Or, uh, well what? What's uh, well, What? 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 do you? What do you need to see? to make a play off of that tomorrow morning and and to go into this newer area um, rather than go into an old tried and true spot.
0: Right. Um, If I see a concentration of does bedded in a specific location, I'm probably going to mark that mentally, and I may move in pretty quick. If If I see a buck stand up out of his bed and kind of looking like he's not quite on a rut pattern yet, um, I will probably move in on that as well. If I see a couple of bucks chasing a doe, you know, if I see like a hot doe or something like that, I'm probably going to get down out of the tree and try to make a move on it this afternoon. Um, yeah. And then, you know, tomorrow make another play on that. So I, there are a couple of different scenarios. I guess I'm, I'm rambling on that just to say there are a few different scenarios that would get me, uh, right back in there. If I I will almost, I don't know what it would take to get me to do another observation set though, if that makes sense. So, um, I will adjust to whatever it is that I learn. Um, if I don't see anything, my plan is to dive off into the marsh a little bit and try to figure out what's going on in there. Um, um, or try to just get a little tighter to the cover. Cause again, I've never sat this. And so I'm excited to see what I can actually get eyes on. Um, cause Correct. I mean, you, you've seen this wetlands area now. I mean, it's, it's like, it, it's pockety, man. So, you know, yep. when I see a deer, I may catch a glimpse of them and then boom, they're gone. And, you know, I, I may have no other Intel than just a, I saw a brown spot move through this gap. And so uh, that, that could get a little bit hairy uh, there, but um, I don't know if I, if I run into a lot of that, I'll probably try to reposition tomorrow and maybe throw another observation sit at it. Sure. But man, I would love Uh, to see, I would love to see a hot doe this afternoon with a couple of bucks on her tail, because I'm going to get in there tight, man, and I'm going to get super aggressive and I'm going to go either blow them out or shoot one of them. Yep. You know what I mean? I like, it. like I am <clears throat> I am gonna be all about it. I like that plan a lot. I would love to kill one so from the say,
1: ground. Let's say you don't see what you're after uh, this evening. What's what's the play for the morning?
0: Yeah, so if I don't Are
1: you see an observation I, tip or
0: I if I don't see what I'm looking for this evening I very well may go back in there for an afternoon sit, or I'm sorry, for the morning sit tomorrow morning. Um, Just because it may be one of those things where, you know, I feel like in a morning I'll be able to watch them come back to bed. Um, Yeah. You know, whereas in the evening I may not necessarily be close enough to their beds to get eyes on them. But tomorrow morning I may catch them in gray light, you know, walking back Mm -hmm. through the marsh headed to their bed. So um, I – We'll probably get back in there and with the plan of, okay, I'm going to see what the morning holds, see if I can tell where they're going back to bed uh, with kind of a morning observation set. And then if the morning observation set doesn't turn out, I'm just going to get into some of these pockets and try to, try to really hammer the ones that I feel like I can get in and hunt and, and you know see what's going on. I mean, this time of year, man, I'm all about the scrapes. And so, if I can get in there and find a primary scrape area or a good, a good sized scrape or a well used scrape uh, just outside of where I'm finding some doe beds, that's where I really, really want to be. And I'm, I'm talking like set up to shoot the scrape. Like I, I'm not the kind of guy who's gonna play it 30 yards downwind or 50 yards, I'm, I'm sorry, like 80 yards downwind or 50 yards downwind, thinking that buck is just gonna scent check it here in these first couple of days of November, I want to be on the scrape because I feel like he's headed to it and he's going to work it, especially if it's close to doe bedding.
1: Yeah. 100%. You know, I just, I've listened to a handful of different podcasts over the last, uh, couple of weeks We were talking about whether, you know, setting up on a scrape or downwind of a scrape. And, you know, I've, I've heard an unresounding setup up on the scrape. Um, over the past few weeks for, for a lot of a lot of reputable names in the whitetail uh world so i'm right there with you man i think that's a sound the sound uh, strategy there
0: right and you know the the reasoning behind setting up downwind of the scrape is because folks are like well they're just going to walk through there and wind check it they're not actually going to visit the scrape and okay, I get that sometimes that might happen, but number one, how do you ever know that you're in the right spot for where he's going to scent check that scrape from? And then right. number two, that scrape is there for a reason. It's there because that's where he likes to walk through. Yep. You know, he, did, he didn't put it there being like, okay, in a month I'm going to come back and I'm only going to walk down downwind 100 yards. I'm not going to actually come to the scrape. Like it's, it's there because that's a hub of deer activity. If it's a... You know, if it's a community scrape with a licking branch that's getting worked regularly, if it's not that kind of scrape, I'm going to totally ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist. Because it's just not that important to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So. Are you looking for that big, you know, necessarily that, that, you know, that car hood scrape? Is that what you're searching for or just something that's got fresh tracks and, you know, has recently been worked? Yeah, so... you like to so, pick something further back, deeper in the cover?
0: Honestly, my favorite is to find a cluster of scrapes. Now, it may be... Okay, it sir. may be like one lone tree with four, you know, three or four scrapes underneath it, or it may be, you know, three or four scrapes within a 30-yard circle or something like that. I'm more concerned with their proximity to each other and whether or not they're getting worked and they're fresh than the size of the scrape. I, I don't find necessarily a ton of that car hood size scrape. Now I have found a few of them. Um, and you better believe I'm going to be checking them this, you know, as we get into the next couple of days and I begin to transition spots into some of my more traditional rut hunting spots, but yeah, I am more about freshness, uh, and, and number, uh, to me, it just seems like I see a lot more deer, where I've got, um, you know, like I'm thinking of one spot in particular, there's a small white oak, and the branches hang down just right. And, man, every year there's like five or six scrapes underneath this white oak. And I'll have wow. bucks come by, and they'll, they'll almost all hit one of them. You know, they'll, there's, there's one scrape that's always kind of the favorite, but then you'll see them kind of work around and, and hit all the peripheral scrapes every now and then. Or, you know, one buck may come through and hit two of them, but then there's one that you can tell is kind of their favorite. And right. so those are the those are the spots that I really really like. It's like I don't I, I don't want to call it a scrape tree necessarily because it's not, you know, what it is, but um, but yeah, it I love seeing multiple scrapes each with a licking branch all tight together and those I feel like are going to get a lot of attention this time of year.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Are you keying in off of uh, off a of rub? You find a rub line, you can try and backtrack that deeper uh, in. You can get tied to a bed, or um, you primarily focus on scrapes.
0: Yeah, I mean, rub, trip. rubs are rubs are important to me as in as they relate to bedding. Um yep. You know, if I if I think that there's rubs heading up into a bedding area or heading out from you know, a staging area or something like that. Like those, those are important to me. Um, The random rub line through the, through the timber somewhere. I don't get as excited about those just because <clears throat> they don't give me enough of a plan. You know, right. like I, I don't have anything to build on. Like it may be a hundred yard long rub line and is he going to revisit it? Maybe, but I don't know where's the start, where's the end. I don't, you know, I I just don't have enough to work on with, with just a rub line. But if I know on one end of that rub line is a, is a nice patch of, you know, red osier dogwood in the middle of this marsh where they can bed under, or, you know, it heads out into the marsh and then kind of tapers out, then yeah, you better believe that that's a rub line I'm going to start paying attention to. Sure. What about you, man?
1: You know, on, you know, like like I said, the five is is so small that, you know, I've I've never really been one to, I mean, partially, because we, you know, we'll get a handful of, uh, you know, rubs on our property, but for the most part, it, you know, we get more scrapes than rubs. Um, And if we're getting rubs, they're typically smaller and they're, you know, on, just saplings. We don't. We very, very rarely will get a really, really, you know, sizable, you know, thing three feet long, and you know, on a trunk that you know six to eight inches in diameter. That's just totally shredded up. Uh, you know, we, we've gotten that one year, uh, and that was on a honeysuckle bush. They just beat the crap out of that thing, uh, and that was also right next to. Uh, a scrape on kind of a main trail that dipped off the, the top of the ridge, uh, the right kind of almost going down to the bottom of that hollow. Um, unfortunately that uh, that branch snapped off, so that scrape disappeared. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm keen in more so on scrapes right now. Um, I, I had I've got a mock scrape up on top of the ridge uh, that I, I think has gotten some okay activity. Uh, but there's another natural scrape just off. It's only a ground scrape. There's they might be chewing on or licking, you know, a, a couple of twigs off of this honeysuckle bush uh, that's right next to it, kind of just off this trail. But for the most part, you know, I'm skying in off of that. This afternoon, I might go and investigate another mine scrape that I've got on the opposite side of the property that I sent you that photo of earlier in the week that has. Uh, well, I thought the thing was just dead. Like I thought it was a dud, and I was like, you know what, this thing's a piece of chunk, Like it's, it's in a terrible spot. Um, if they, they don't use it, and if they do, like I don't really have a shot opportunity, it's not doing anything, concentrate here. I think too like far out in the open, and so I, I left the thing hang with intent of like, well, I'll leave it up there just to see whatever, but then I'll take it down, and I'll probably move it later on, um, you yeah, know, maybe at the end of the year, and my dad sent me a picture of this thing, totally snapped off, like, where the rope is, you know, tied on to, yeah. to the top portion of it. I mean, there's, like, maybe a foot of this thing hanging there left. The rest of it's all totally, you know, destroyed. So, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty excited. If, if nothing comes by this morning, I'm pretty excited to get down in that creek bottom this afternoon and uh, see what kind of stuff. Moving down there in the evening, usually the doe is bedded along that creek. And uh, my neighbor, was texting me the other night on I think it was Sunday night, uh, saying or maybe it was Monday night. I think it was Monday, uh, saying that he saw uh, he didn't know which one it was, but he saw a mature buck while he was out driving around, uh, you know, chasing a doe full tilt through the that creek bottom. Right in front of, around the front half of our property there, um, and then his, his dad also plows for one of the neighboring farmers nearby. He said that he saw three different bucks chasing one doe all in one corner of a field
0: um, on Monday. So I'm, oh man, I'm hoping that that's going to repeat itself this afternoon, but we'll see. Yeah, man. So here here's my real question, Pierce, and this this I got to know. What's it going to take to get you to hop over to where I'm at and come uh, help me double team one of these spots?
1: Oh, man.
0: Because you've got some good spots where you're at. But I've also got some spots that I'm like, dude, if I just had one other guy, like if I just had another (laughs) guy, I could put him there and I'd be here and this deer would be dead.
1: Yep. Oh. I think if I really screw up with this buck and I get spotted, or I, you know, spook him, you know, hard spook him, and I know that he's not going to be back there for for, for a few days, um, then I'd probably make a trip over. Right. I, so, I, would, have to, I would have to rest the property because really, especially at, this year. I mean, this one buck is. I've got. I mean, I they got two bucks that I would let narrow fly on. Um you know, this this bigger one and then we've got another one that's a really, really nice neat, real wide, super tall brow tie Um uh, and I would definitely let one fly on him. But uh I don't know, man. I, I gotta me it, it's like I gotta hold out for this for this big guy for right. at least a couple of fits first and then kinda go from there.
0: Yeah. Well, Man, I I really do hope you get him, man. You know, I yeah. I'd love for uh, I'd love for you to smoke him this morning. As a matter of fact, sounds like everything's setting up just right for it. We still got the nice cool temperatures, but you've now got a nice south wind coming for you. And uh, man, we've got we've got other things to do too. So like, we both need to tag out because we need to go shoot a fall turkey, and yeah. we need to go do some duck hunting while I'm here. So we got a lot we got a lot to accomplish. In two weeks,
1: absolutely. Like I said last night, it's the fall version of the with trifecta.
0: That's right. That's right, man. The old the old triple crown. Get a get a whitetail, a um, a fall turkey, and then some waterfowl, and we'll be doing all right.
1: Absolutely. Come Sweet. back in the spring and get a turkey, trout, and some
0: morels. There you go. There you go. Well, Pierce, man, I'm gonna let you get to uh, get to where you're going, get out into the timber, and uh, hopefully, I get a text around 9:30 with you saying, "Man, I just smoked him. I can see his belly from where I'm sti- from where I'm sitting." <laughs> like that's the text that but, I want.
1: Let's make it like 10:30, maybe 11. All right, but, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. I'm I've, uh, I've, I got a good feeling. Uh, I would love to be able to. Cause a little detour for you on your uh, on your trip up here, and you know, hopefully, hopefully you get a crack at something trying to slip out the back while you're doing this observation set tonight, or uh, at the very least, um, you got a, a good spot to go in the morning, um, and you can we can double up early and uh,
0: get to chasing those birds. Oh, dude, that'd be uh, that would be incredible. That'd be too sweet. <laughs> yeah. We we need to we need to stack a few more doughs maybe too. If if we can yep. both tag out early, we need to we need to add a couple does to the list. But absolutely. Anyway. Absolutely all right buddy. Well good luck this morning man. I hope you get him. Yep. Thank you, man. Good luck to you as well. Drive safe. That's all for this week's episode. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you dig this show, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you get your podcast. If you could leave us a five-star review, I would very much appreciate that. While you're at it, you can follow along with my outdoor adventures on Instagram at howtohuntdeer. That's also the best way to get a hold of me, suggest topics that you want to hear, guests you want to hear from, or questions that you'd like me to explore on the show. Big thanks to our partners, Tacticam, Huntworth, and Onex.